Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. Today, I'm going to be exploring the life, approach and work of a woman with more soul than a saxophone. Someone who's had a huge impact on music and culture, not just from her own releases, but also from her approach to creativity, to artistic freedom, and therefore to the influence she's had on some of the most notable people in music. She's a woman who's transcended genres, from hip-hop to blues and funk. The mother of neo-soul, a genre she says she's fine making, but she doesn't like its name. She's a woman of the earth, and a woman for many years and years. This week, I'm bringing you a lesson in soul, as taught by Erica Badu. As ever, our intention with these episodes is to shine a bright spotlight on the powerful and remarkable women in music, as well as helping pull out the things in their life and journey which have allowed them to go that bit further than other people. So sponge, learn, tell me which bits were interesting for you, and talk about it with your friends. Hopefully we can get more women to the dizzying heights of soul status that Miss Badu has reached. Ladies gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On the 26th of February, 1971, Erica Abbey Wright was born in Dallas, Texas. Okay, lesson number one. <laughs> I love to call things out straight up. Erica, Erica Badu was born Erica Abbey Wright. She evolved and created the vision that you see on stage. She was raised in a single-parent household with a brother and a sister. Her uncle, Curtis King, was the founder of a creative academy called the Black Academy of Arts and Letters. And so while she says she didn't really get into music professionally until the 90s, she was in artistic and performance-related environments from the age of about four. The development of her new name also came quite early on in her life. So the original spelling of Erica, which is um, E-R-I-C-A, she changed for herself to be E-R-Y-K-A-H. She did it because she understood that her original name was a slave name. The term car, K-A-H, also is said to signify the inner self. And I think this change in inclusion of that K-A-H, that car, signifies a certain deep and sophisticated way of looking at identity that Erica had from her teens, that very early part of her life. So when I talk about soul in connection with Erica Badu, it really is in that dual way where it's both the feeling and sound of her music, as well as a deep connection to her inner voice and to the energy in the world. Well, my name is Erica Badu, also known as Badula Oblingata, also known as Cerebellum, also known as she Ill. Also known as Manuela Maria Mexico. Also known as F Fat Belly Bella. Yeah. She's added a lot of identities since then. <laughs> um, Erica went to a performing arts school and did go on to university, but she dropped out in 1993 um, after deciding she wanted to direct all of her attention to music. She took on some minimum wage jobs, uh, some teaching, and she just threw herself and her time into practicing and developing her sound. Her musical influences were um, definitely plentiful, but she sees herself as a child of funk music. And she was also very influenced, she said, in her first album by Brandy, so very much R&B. The music which um, first got her on the radar of record label executives was a 19-track mixtape. 
Okay, 19 tracks, people. So any artists out there feeling proud of themselves for completing their five-track EP, that ain't nothing. <laughs> this 19-track tape was heard by some, uh, some movers and shakers in the industry. And that kind of then helped her link up with a few more artists, so notably D'Angelo. Uh, and eventually, she was signed to Universal Records. Under them, she released her debut album, Badoism. Baduism is maybe a better way of saying it. I say it like she's a badass, which she is. Recording sessions for that album happened across the States over a 10-month period. Uh, Erica was never just a singer. She was always a singer, songwriter, lyricist, rapper, poet, musician, producer. She was really just a musical person. And what I mean by that is she wasn't some artist just kind of rock up to the studio and everything is sort of done. They just have to bring that flavor and their voice to it. She very much, uh, Erica very much commandeered the whole process and drove it, working with the creatives that she worked well with, that understood her sound, that she kind of vibe with energetically. At this point, a lot of people were comparing the richness of Badu's voice as being similar to that of Billie Holiday. Uh, It had a really huge commercial success for a debut album. It went to number two on the US chart and it went triple platinum in sales. It also won a Grammy, interestingly enough, for best R&B album. So I think it's funny how you've got comparisons with Billie Holiday, people calling her sound hip hop, winning an award as an R&B album. And then this is also now often seen as one of the establishing albums of Neo Soul. So if you're wondering where to, (laughs) how to describe your music, maybe don't worry too much. Uh, if we think back to that point about Erica's music really coming from her inner spirit and her soul, I think that's kind of where you get this uh, more genreless sound, which is categorized differently by different people depending on their own ear and reference points. I think one word which maybe does summarize this as a debut album is sophisticated. I'd obviously suggest listening to the whole album because I think she has one of those timeless sounds that lends itself well to really sinking in with her music. But, you know, if you're really short on time and you're just like, oh, just tell me one track, maybe um, check out On and On because it's quite a nice uh, introduction to Erica and that stage of her artistry. She was married to Andre 3000 of Outkast during this time. Uh, He's considered by many to be one of the great rappers and lyricists of all time. You know, they say great attracts great. The Outkast song Miss Jackson is actually written to Erica's mother. And I'll talk a bit about her relationships towards the end of this episode because I think they demonstrate some really nice and important attributes in Erica Badu's character. One of the biggest hits of her follow-up album, Live, was the song Tyrone, which is pure sass and smoothness. A song that tells you Erica Badu isn't putting up with any shit from the men in her life. The success of that song is considered one of the milestones in her career. It's quotable nature and the joy it gives people to sing along to, I think are a lot of what contributed to that. The following year, she also received a Grammy for Best Rap Performance for a verse she did on a song by the band she worked closely with, The Roots, and the rapper Eve. Um, I'm talking quite a bit in this episode, but you will hear direct from the horse's mouth at various points, so stick with me. Erica took a short break from releasing to have some quality time with her and Andre's son, Seven. Returning in 2000 with the album Mama's Gun, She a Mama Now, This album did well commercially, but not as well as her first. And she definitely did have a fan base, though, that travelled with her. She toured that album. Uh, The album included her highest charting single, Bag Lady. And through the production process, she also met her second husband, uh, who was the rapper Common. So she'd broken up with Andre at this time. 
In 2003, she then followed up with her third studio album, for which she took a much more experimental approach. She said she wanted it to move and feel more like a continuous track rather than individual singles. Since that time, she's continually released music, with one album, New America Part One, giving her her best-selling first week since Badooism, that first album. And it does feel like with Erica, she comes at music and at releases from a place of experimentation. I think she's built that status where people hear her name and they want to know what it's attached to. So she doesn't necessarily need to stick to the same release cycles that other artists do to stay current. She's got that. She's, she's done her time, you know. Her last studio album was actually released over 10 years ago, but she's released mixtapes, including one which came off the back of a remix of Drake's Hotline Bling. And she's featured on tracks by younger artists like Janelle Monet, Tiana Taylor and Tyler, the creator. And I think that helps introduce her to new audiences. Um, I think also her work with those artists is a beautiful demonstration of the versatility and also the timelessness of her appeal and her voice uh, and the respect that she garners from, from those artists who really look up to her. So she's done many things in the entertainment industry outside of making music herself. She actually founded a festival with uh, friends and fellow legendary artists, Jill Scott and Queen Latifah. Wouldn't you just love to have been involved in that process? Like I would have really, really liked to be sat around the table with Erica Badu, Jill Scott and Queen Latifah. I probably wouldn't have said very much. <laughs> just wanted to listen. She's also been the host of the Soul Train Awards for three years from uh, 2015 to 2017. And she was honoured by that award ceremony in 2018 as the recipient of the Soul Train Legend Award, which drew a standing ovation and for which she delivered a spectacularly commanding performance. So definitely go and watch it. It's on YouTube. I think it's about 15 minutes. But it gives you a good flavour of her music and her performance style as well. I think more so than because you could watch something like her her tiny desk or an acoustic performance and think she's very like much like a kind of low key performer. What I like about that Soul Train performance is there's real drama to it, which I think is the full Erica Badu experience. Okay, so now we're getting towards the end of our time exploring Erica. I want to spotlight a few lessons and inspirations which might inspire you. I hope so. So the first one is on creativity. Creativity is is freedom, pretty much. Um, or the creativity is also the absence of fear, not um, being afraid to approach something and make a mistake or be wrong or right or any of that. It's, um, it's just the absence of fear. And, um, the second is on relationships, which I said I was going to touch on a bit um, and handling those. Don't underestimate the intensity of relationships in the spotlight. Erica, for much of her life, was touring for eight months a year. I think most people struggle to go a couple of weeks without seeing their partner. So I guess think about the pressure that adds to a relationship. She also has three children, each by a different father. So is bringing those with her into any new relationship that she goes into. But I think she has this ambition to love and see the good in people, which has allowed her to not only retain brilliant relationships with her exes, but also um, her exes are really good friends with each other and they have a love for the other's children, which I think is a really beautiful space to be. Um, I saw she was on The Breakfast Club recently and Jay Electronica, her ex at that time, was literally like he showed up just in case she got asked any disrespectful questions. And they're not even together anymore. Like that's his level of respect and adoration for her. Um, and this is the rapper DOC talking about her as well. So he's another one of her um, 
ex-boyfriends. You have a you have a baby with Erica. Yeah. Right. She also has kids with Andre 3000 mm-hmm. and uh, Jared Tronigan. Yep. And with, and uh, 3000 and Electronic uh, beautiful daughter. I mean, how coincident coincidental is it that she has kids by such dope rappers? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're talking about three of some of the best rappers who ever did it. Like, it, is there ever going to be a group with, with your kids together? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what, man. They can show do it. They're talented kids. They're beautiful kids. And, man, I love those kids. I've been around them my whole life. You know, um, uh, Seven and Mars are both really special to me, you know. And, and Puma's daddy's baby, you know. And so... Uh, being at home with Erica and them kids is really, I told you earlier, you asked me if I lived in L.A. Well, I'm here now, but if I had my my way, I'd, I'd be at home you know, yes. with my baby, you know. Absolutely. Okay, um, the third lesson um, from Erica is her spirituality. She says she doesn't follow a specific religion, but that she respects and believes in a higher power. I think because I skew that way as well, I find it a very peaceful way to have a faith and a belief. She often opens conversations by saying, peace and light. She's assisted over 20 births as a doula, which is, um, if you don't know, because I didn't, it's essentially a non-healthcare professional who supports with rituals like this, um, like births. So they have they have the ability and they have an understanding of the way the body works to be able to support without being a qualified nurse kind of thing. Um, she's also a vegan, believing that that is the most soulful and enriching way to eat. Okay, the final lesson I want to share from Erica is about identity. She's been interested in identity since the original name change when she was a teenager. And she's done lots of exploring into her African heritage. I think often when we see people who have an eccentricity to their appearance or their presentation, there's maybe an assumption that they're in some way wacky or they're in some way trying to be really out there. And I kind of think that in Erica's case and many other talented, brilliant creatives, their presentation and the way they move through the world can actually come from a deeper exploration of who they are on the inside and a willingness to reflect that externally. Um, If you just dress the same as everyone else, there's nothing wrong with that if that's really like deeply who you are but maybe maybe there might be other parts of yourself that you haven't really got to know dreaming is uh, living you know if you don't dream you pretty much die so i always see promise i always see something uh better happening for all of us individually and as groups and families and in organizations and in uh, tribes just all of us together there's always something better for us if we want that you know thanks for listening guys let me know if you've got something out of this and have a great week what up, let's-